0: Hey, welcome to Marketing on the Moon, the only emerging tech marketing podcast teaching you how to implement the right strategies that actually move the needle and how to navigate your marketing career from securing a promotion to reducing your customer acquisition costs because gatekeeping is so last year. I'm your host, Regan Olsey, and I've spent almost 10 years specializing in customer acquisition and demand generation across tech, AI, Web3, and hospitality. But I am so much more than my marketing career and so are you so if you're ready to tackle the human side of marketing stick around I promise you won't want to miss this hey welcome to another marketing bite what is a marketing bite you ask well I'm so glad that you're here and I'm so glad that you're wondering is a chance for us to get to answer your questions you send me emails I'm an advice column and I answer said emails about everything right from Marketing strategy, to climbing the career ladder, to skincare, to collecting travel points, to insert whatever else you're interested in here. So there are many, many options for you. But today we're going to talk about something that I find so frustrating. But then it's also a mistake that I made early on in my career, which is micromanaging, right? Like if you're a new leader, I guarantee all of us at some point in time, unless you've had the most relaxed childhood ever, have been a micromanager. And I'm really sorry to anyone on my team who's ever experienced that because I knocked that shit off the second that I realized it was happening. Micromanagers are the worst, right? We've all had a micromanager. Micromanagers make us have headaches. They put so much pressure on us at our jobs. They're so unbelievably frustrating that I don't understand why there's not better leadership training across the board in order to weed out a micromanager. A micromanager is really just somebody who is honestly concerned about themselves. They don't have the self-awareness. They don't have the trust in themselves. And so they put that back on you. It's a projection of their own insecurity, 100%. And that is exactly what I was doing when I was a young new manager earlier on in my career. I micromanaged because I did not trust myself. Now, I'm outing myself a little bit. I believe that I have grown through it. And I'm going to tell you how I've grown through it. But first, I hope you're all having a wonderful Thursday. So recently, I've gotten really into doing my nails. I had a friend who came over and visited Amsterdam, and she had the most gorgeous nails. We sat down and we talked about it, and she was like, I do my own gel extensions now. And I was like, why am I not doing this, right? I have literally had my nails painted every single week since I was in high school. I don't know why I didn't just start doing my own extensions, I have very small nail beds. This won't go on for long, so don't worry. You can also skip ahead if you're not interested in my nail chat, but I guarantee you might be interested in this because I am quite proud of myself. I have done Christmas nails. We're getting close to Christmas. It's coming up really fast here, but I have Christmas nails with a little sparkly green with a pearl accent and a chrome finish, and I am freaking in love. If you want to see it, Go on to, I think I put it up on Instagram. So go up on Instagram. I'm going to be documenting some of my other nail escapades as I try to get better. Because while I am not an artiste yet, I'm trying to get much closer to it. So join me on that journey, if you will. All right, let's dive back into the email. I'm going to read it to you first before I start going on about micromanagement. It starts. Regan. I don't know how to say that. It had a million e's in it. I'm dealing with a big micromanager problem. My boss wants to know where I am and how much work I've done at all times. It's freaking me out to the point where I'm not even excited to go into work anymore. She wants me to CC her in all of my emails, and I get messages from her if I'm offline during the workday, even if I'm just eating lunch. What do I do? I don't want to quit, but I can't keep going like this. FML. Yeah, that sucks. I'm really sorry about that. I have a couple different thoughts, right? Like, I said earlier on in this episode, micromanagement is unfortunately a canon event for many people, but it takes them to recognize that they are micromanaging. And they can recognize that they're micromanaging in a number of different ways, but you unfortunately will not be the person to ultimately change them. So let's, with that in mind, take a look at how can we build a safe space for you, and then we'll look at the flip side of how can we as future managers and existing managers and leaders build teams that aren't reliant on a micromanager. A micromanager is not going to allow anything to get done if you have to approve every single thing. I read a LinkedIn post earlier on today from a social media manager that said she had to send her posts to her, I think it was her CMO, before it went out for Twitter every single time because he had to go to the board to get it approved how is that conducive to anyone's work environment how is it conducive to anyone's work environment if someone is just trying to go and eat lunch right and you're messaging them and saying hey it looks like you're offline psychological safety from both sides is key you have to create a state of psychological safety in order for people to feel their most creative in order for people to feel their most loyal in order for people to feel like they are a valuable member of the team. If you're micromanaging somebody, you're not empowering them, right? Like it feels very disempowering when you are the one being micromanaged. At one point in my career, I also had to send everything to a manager before it got approved. But I will say I've also been on the flip side of that, where my manager didn't want anything to do with me, and then I ended up needing to manage myself. Both of those are very, very complicated, And both of those are very, very difficult to deal with as an individual or as a manager yourself. And so there has to be a middle ground here. All right. So you're the one being micromanaged. What do you do? Boundaries. Boundary statements are okay, right? If you have a manager that emails you and says, why aren't you online? It's lunchtime. (laughs) Why aren't you online? You haven't been online for 20 minutes. You respond, I'm eating lunch. Actually, I take that back. You don't respond until you're back in the office, sitting down at your seat, and you say, hey, I'm, I just went out to eat lunch. You can add in, now I'm going to get working on this. Or you don't even need to add that. You can just say, is there anything you wanted to chat about? Right? Remember that you have agency here. Remember that you have control over much of this situation. This person in front of you is just feeling out of control their self. We talk about empathy a lot on this podcast, and I'm going to remind you again, as hard as it is, be empathetic. Remember that this person may not have the training they need. They may not have the psychological wherewithal, the the grounding in order to recognize that they're projecting their own fears onto other people. They may not have their own coping mechanisms to deal with the pressure that's coming down on them from their own manager and instead are just floating that on through to you. One of my favorite phrases is culture ends up in the customer's lap. Do not be the person that continues to push the shit on down the line, right? Like if you manage a team and you yourself have a micromanager, it is going to be your responsibility to keep that umbrella protecting your team. Your team does not need to know that your manager is a micromanager. Your team does not need that on their plate. The way that you are going to help deal with this micromanager problem is by ensuring that your team is set up for success and that you set yourself up psychologically to protect yourself from absorbing their energy, from absorbing your manager's bad energy, right? You don't want to continue this cycle because that's only going to make it worse for everybody involved. So, boundaries, boundary statements. You do not need to respond right away. You do not need to, you know, if they message you after hours. You are allowed to send them a message back the next morning when you're sitting down at your desk saying, hey, you know, just got back into the office to start my workday. Here's the answer to this question. Another thing that I used to do, because I found that my managers have typically sat in a different time zone than me, and that made it very complicated because they would message me in their own time zones. Managers don't always think, right, oh, it might be early for this person or late for this person, so I'm not going to message them. And so what I used to do was put on my calendar a block of the time I would be in and out of the office. And while that might seem like you are placating the micromanager, you're actually not. I think you're setting some boundaries yourself. You're making sure that no one is booking time over your lunch break, for example. No one is booking time over your transportation time. You're making sure that your calendar remains yours because there's nothing worse than turning around and having back-to-back meetings thrown on your calendar and not even having time for lunch. So there's that aspect. I'm going to jump back to the manager perspective here. We'll put that hat on and say, if you are a manager, try and remember that. Try and remember that your team may sit in different time zones. Your team may have different life situations going on where they can't respond right away. That's one of the beautiful, beautiful, beautiful benefits of working from home is that you can go and have your life managed at the same time as your work. And I actually think that is quite efficient, meaning I love being able to go to a doctor's appointment in the middle of the day. It means that I can go to a doctor earlier instead of waiting weeks until my calendar happens to line up if I need to go into the office every single day. Right. That flexibility is so important to me. Remember that as a manager. Add statements in. Doesn't mean you can't send messages. But what I used to do as a leader is, and still do, I'll send messages and say, hey, don't respond to this right now. This is not urgent. You give extra context, especially if you are working remotely. You don't want your messages to come across in a way that might seem micromanaging when in reality, you're just trying to get a status update. You're just trying to build a relationship maybe with your team, and it seems like you're messaging them much more than maybe they're used to, right? I think a lot of this comes from a lack of communication. And so as whether you're a leader, a manager, a or just an individual contributor, Remember that over-communicating is typically the best way forward. And by over-communicating, I mean communicate your intentions, communicate your timelines, communicate, you know, how how you're feeling, what you're feeling, where you are, what's happening. You don't need to keep a detailed log of all the work that you're completing, though I do recommend that you keep a detailed log of all of your accomplishments that will help during promo season, but that's not this episode. Instead, what I mean is communicate. Say... I will be able to take this on. I won't be able to take this on. I'm going to need 20 minutes to get back to you. I'm going to need an hour to get back to you if it seems like it's something that's a little bit more pressing. Those communication tactics are going to be really helpful in building trust, which we talk about that a lot, right? We talk about empathy. We talk about building trust. Remember those two things. Another tactic that you could potentially implement are recaps. Again, I've mentioned this in previous episodes. You could start to send a recap of this is what I've done When it comes to a micromanager, I'm a little bit wary of recommending that all the time because what you don't want to do is be somebody who, you know, is held to that and is held to that because somebody else wants it because then I think it turns more into a download of this is what I've been doing all week long when in reality a recap should be these are the metrics that I've hit, this is how I'm working towards my goals, and this is the impact that I'm having. So remember that if you do implement some kind of recap, Or if you're asked to implement some kind of recap, don't jump into it right away. Think about a structure and a strategy that is going to help you move your own career along, but then help you relate to your stakeholders, help you relate to your general team, and show the value and the impact that you're having on the team as a whole. So don't focus on, you know, Friday at 11 o'clock I had this meeting Instead, focus on this is the kind of pipeline my team is driving. These are the content pieces we put out. This is what our funnel looks like. These are the changes that we're implementing. You think about it more holistically and instead focus on that value. Now, the last thing that I'm going to say here is if it gets too bad, go to HR, right? Like a lot of times a company is not aware of how bad the micromanagement problem is and it is up to them to solve it. So again, you have that agency. You have the right to sit there and say, is this something that I should be dealing with, shouldn't be dealing with? That's why I say that open communication is so important. I am the type of person that would sit there at some point and say, hey, you know, I, let's say I had gone to HR, HR had had a conversation with them and it still wasn't fixing anything. I would have the conversation and be like, hey, I'm feeling like there's a lot of pressure on me to provide you with updates, can you help me understand why you need those updates? Maybe that's my tip. Ask why. It's not you know pushing against authority. You are just trying to get more clarity. Why do they need this? Why do they want the recap? Why do they want you to detail where you are? Why do they want you online during lunch? That'll give you more insight into the kind of pressure that is being pushed on them. And if that's not working, then you go to HR. Then you say, hey, This is a really big issue. You need to take care of it. And if they take care of it, good sign of company culture. If they don't, it's a sign that maybe it's not the right place for you and maybe you should look at moving on elsewhere. Because do you want to be in a management position at a company that's not going to help train and develop their leaders into something that's quite strong, into something that can, you know, permeate a positive and a psychologically safe company culture? All of those are food for thought. These are the ways, though, that you are going to create that work life balance for yourself because your reaction to a micromanager should not be please don't let it be that you're going to work 24 7. I got a message the other day from somebody saying, Hey, I just started at, she was working for some small AI startup. And she said, I have, she was a social media manager. She said, I have my boss messaging me on Sunday at noon saying I need to jump into a meeting. Is this normal? My response was no, absolutely, don't jump into the meeting. Don't message them until Monday. Now, if you are, you know, younger in your career, I can see why maybe you would want to message them, but you don't need to. The expectation should not be that you're working 24-7. Now, the expectation may be that you are putting, you know, 100% into it. Yes, right? Like, you want someone on your team to be committed, but a Sunday noon meeting, no, that's unnecessary, unless you're allowed to take time back throughout the week. So, all of this is for you to really think about. What does it mean to have work-life balance? What kind of company do I want to work for? How do I want to work for them? How do I want to feel at the end of the day? But you're also allowed to question it. You're also allowed to say, "This doesn't feel right." It doesn't feel right, it probably isn't right. And that's when you can start to implement all of these different tricks and tactics that I've just gone through in this episode. And I promise they'll help you. They're things that I have done myself at every point in my career. They are you know, ways that I have turned around my micromanaging habits, right? The reason why early on I wanted to have that update is because I was just nervous. I was nervous that I wasn't enough. I was nervous I wasn't doing enough. But the second that I let go, the second that I let go, my relationship with my team was better. It was stronger. We were more creative. We were able to sit in a room and give each other feedback. And that's the kind of relationship that you want to create. So think about that. And there you have it. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of Marketing on the Moon. If you're feeling the marketing vibes, don't forget to subscribe and then share with all of your marketing friends. But if you're craving even more, I have you covered. Every month, I'm pulling together a rundown of my favorite campaigns from across emerging tech, my top marketing tips, career advice, and a sprinkle of general life musings to give you something to talk about at brunch this weekend. Head over to my LinkedIn to get on the list or just click the link in the description. It's up to you. Okay, and don't forget to tune in next week as we dive deeper into the human side of marketing.